I'd like you to go in your Bibles, please, to Joshua 14. Just a couple of minutes more this morning, the Lord has really ministered and, and touched us very powerfully as we've reached towards Him today. And I'm expecting more and more as we go through this year, the testimonies of your relationship with the Lord becoming very real. Not just, yeah, I serve the Lord. No. But truly a living experience that this side of eternity, you know that God is for you. He's with you. And he will never leave you. I believe the name of God, Emmanuel, is going to become very real to people this year. As I've been reading through Psalm 23, as I've been praying through that just like you, God is ministering all roads and directions. The Lord is my shepherd. Yahweh Ruhi. I shall not want. He's my Jehovah Jireh. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Everything that we could ever need for life is in Psalm 23. It is so complete. Everything. And it depicts and spells out for all of us his heart, his plan, and his love. I'm making it my point this year to really just push into the Lord and, and really know him, not only as my Savior, my King, you know, there were years that I went after the Lord to know him as my master. Not everybody wants to go that direction, but for me, when he received me to himself, I'd, I didn't remain my own. And yet scripture tells me he didn't make me a servant. He made me his son. But yet as a son, I choose to serve. Many times, praying over the years, I would have heard the expressions of God come out of my heart. And many times as I would pray, I would hear the word master come. I, I don't know it all. I don't know all the answers, but I do know that when you hear specific words come in prayer that describes or addresses the Father or addresses Jesus in a way, you take stock of that. For the Lord is my Rui. Rui. Jaira will never have me wanting. And he's just not my provision. He's the place of it. 
So in him is the fullness. And with him being in me, then when he says things like my cup overflows. He is not talking about a minimalistic life. He is not talking about a life barely getting by. He is talking about, I am Jesus, and I came to give you life, and life in abundance, John 10.10. If I stopped here, you've heard enough. If we could master Psalm 23 in John chapter 10, just this year, your life will change radically, radically. Because within Psalm 23 and John 10 lies basically the full story of the shepherd and his sheep. And he placed in there a verse to let us know that the enemy comes for only these reasons, to steal, to kill, and ultimately destroy. I speak the peace. Give me your hand. I speak the peace that passes all understanding to you to your family, in the name of Jesus. Everybody get in agreement with me right now. We all have things that we're facing. This is the child that wanted prayer. She can't travel, and a family loved one is very, very sick on a ventilator. And I was asked to pray for her this morning, and I said, I will as the Spirit leads me, because God has an assignment for us today. And as I walked, my eye fell on her. The Spirit knows all things and will minister to you the comfort of His precious Spirit. Come on, everybody, just worship with, the Lord, with me right now. Touch your Father, touch her deeply, in the name of Jesus. So the perfect example of the shepherd. When the Lord asked us to do this back in 99, isn't that right? I asked him, how are we going to do it? And he says, you're going to do it supernaturally. And I knew as a young pastor that religious systems and the machine, I just knew supernaturally, I knew by intuition, spiritual intuition, that the religious machine would come to try and pressure me to do things a certain way. But yet, like David, 
who came from the back fields, who wasn't invited to the prophet's anointing service. I came from the backside of a mountain. Even Dr. Harvey's here this morning, and we've walked together maybe over 20 years, more, much more. And how even in our lives, before there ever was ministry, the pursuit of God. That was all we had, was the pursuit of God. No ambition to be prophet, priest, or king. Just ambition of a supernatural spiritual kind. Like Paul after 30 years writing Philippians chapter 3, that I will know him in the power and outworking of that resurrection after 30 years of walking with the Lord, Paul still said, my determined purpose is this, that I will know him. It wasn't long until you get going in ministry that the pressure comes from everything, that you've got to do things now certain ways. but. I want to say to people at times, but wait a minute, when I set up the mountain, nobody pressured me, and I found the Lord. I found His ways, and He came, and He touched me, and He didn't put into me systems. He offered me life. He became the shepherd to me. He became the lover of my so, I fell so in love with him that when he gave me the invitation to meet with him on a cold, dark mountain, I would leave the comfort of my bed and leave my little boys at that stage, ours, to Karen's care to go sit on a mountain and seek God. For the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not and never want. I declare over you that the revelation of the shepherd is coming to your house. Receive this. That the precious presence, the Shekinah glory, Caborte bin cracazo. Si la fafala manantico. She'll visit you stronger and stronger and stronger to the place that you will be completely fearless. Exactly what happened to David was exactly what happened to me. Because when I showed up to the fight from just loving God, 
seeking God. The system already had a way that I should fight and what I should fight with and how I should do it. And the very same thing according to 1 Samuel 17 is exactly the same thing that happened to David when he showed up. Because to David, they said, you can't possibly go out there to Goliath and fight with a sling and stones. You're a shepherd boy. What do you know? But I know the Lord. I know the Lord. And somebody heard what he said, and he said, quickly, come to the tent of the king. He wants to talk to you. And they came to the tent of the king. And the king said, here's my armor. Try it. See if it fits. And out of the goodness, submitted heart of David, David put it on. And I'm sure all the, the porters were helping. And David stood there drowned. in a system and a way that he did not understand. Yeah. And he says, forgive me. O king, I can do this, but you have to let me do this my way. Well, what was Saul's option right there? They've already stood 40 days, 40 nights. They've already stood being tormented and taunted by the enemy, doing it a certain way. They'd already proved that the way that they did it didn't work. You would think that when the answer shows up to our prayer, that we would be eager to receive it. But I have learned over all these years that even when answers show up to our prayers, sometimes we miss them by trying to receive the answer our way. But the answer to many prayers do not come for you to do your way. The answers to many prayers come so that you can receive the absolute fullness of the answer that was sent to you in response to your prayer. So with the Lord as our shepherd, I pray over you this year that you recognize the shepherd's hand in your life. And that when he comes to help you, that we have the revelation that sometimes we have to do things with the answer differently than what we think it should be done.
Hallelujah. And we know the story. Fearless David had already killed the lion and the bear. Had already proved when no one else was around what it was like to know the shepherd. What it was like, Scripture tells us, to have that sweet, satisfying communion with the Lord. David had already shown us at this stage of his life that any man that has put the Lord first place and anyone that has yielded their time to knowing what God can do rather than what they can do has nothing to be afraid of in this life. I declare over you that you're just not going to be fearless. But this year, because of faith growing in your heart, you are going to fear less. This year, you are going to fear less. It's an amazing thing coming to a church like this. We bind the spirit of fear. We take authority over this. We take authority. And you go out there, and the enemy hits you with something. And whether it's anxiety, whether it's stress, whether it's pressure, whether it's this, whether it's that, the other thing, it's, it's all got the mother fear. And we can make that great statement of faith saying, you know what, I, I've been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, and we can rattle off what we know to rattle off. And yet when something happens in us, like the enemy wipes the floor with us because we know that I actually could feel the fear. So what's up with my confession? So instead of the enemy being able to take away from you, you declare with me this year that this year, yes, I'm fearless, but I am going to fear less. And that as I become more acquainted with the shepherd, want will not haunt me like a dead in times past because the shepherd is rising within me causing faith to turn come on perfect love turns fear out of doors faith worketh by love so love is the key ingredient this year, as you learn the shepherd, love will rise within you. And fear will not be a rebuke. It'll simply just have to leave. Because there's no room left for it to coexist. Amen. Say this with me this year. I declare that I am going to be fearless, and I also 
I'm going to fear less. How many people received this this morning? The Lord wants you to know these things. It's a very basic message. But I can tell you this, basic, this message is bathed in faith. Because if you could just master the very simplicity of what you've been given by God this morning, your life will change forever. In Joshua chapter 14, I want us to go there. I just want a few more minutes. We hear of Caleb. You could say the sidekick of Joshua, but he was more than a sidekick. He was one of the two that saw the fruit of the promised land, and he was a witness to attest that what God said was true. Yet the evilness in the hearts of the other spies, because of the majority, stopped the two that believed it could be done from entering into everything that was already provided. Kept a whole generation kept a whole nation. In other words, 10 to 12 people were responsible. This is how serious this is. Mums and dads, listen to me. Business owners, people of influence, listen to me. The choices that you make can either help people access the fullness of God or deny them it. Those, those other ten believed it was the wisdom of God not to poke and provoke the giants. I don't think we can do it. But yet there were two who looked like the minority that said, we can do it. How many people in this room today believe we can do this? It looked like unanimous. I'm going to ask you one more time. How many people actually believe we can actually do this? How many people believe that your future is greater than your past? Let me see. Your... That's amazing. How many people believe that things that you've prayed about for so many years are going to come to pass? How many people actually believe that. That's why I, I say to people, and I've said more to people, I'm seeing more answers to my prayers today than what I've ever seen at any other time. And it's not a confession of faith. It's our reality. So the company that we must keep, you said, Pastor, you're really laboring this, yes? Because the company that we must keep are people that believe that what God said we could have, we can have it. 
how many people will receive that? So if God says, take the land, so he's not bipolar. He's not telling us to take the land when he's feeling good. He's telling us to take the land because he's already given us the land. Receive this. Say it. I've already received it. Come on. David had already defeated Goliath before he ever went to the front line of the battle. In other words, this is already done before you ever arrive. I'm going to say that one more time. This is already done before you ever arrive. And you need to have good company with the shepherd of your life to know that when you show up innocently to do whatever it is that God has asked you to do, that no matter what is required of you, you can turn on a dime or turn on a heartbeat and you're able to produce it and able to do it because you don't need to get prepared at that stage because you have already been prepared in the presence of God for years and years and years and years. How many people understand what I'm talking about? So then when more pandemics show up and other things show up in our lives, guess what, guys? They were already told, those Israelites, you can take the land. But they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And the horrific thing about this is they saw them as grasshoppers in their own eyes. No one told them they were grasshoppers. I want you to shout it out, I'm fearless. Come on, let me hear you, Melinda. Come on, I'm fearless. Come on, say it one more time. This year, I am going to fear less. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I may not have seen everything that God has promised me, but I'm telling you, I am well on my way. I'm taking every step, and I'm keeping good company with people that actually believe that this can be done. I'm not believing the narrative that the enemy wants to bring to me. I'm not believing all those conspiracy theories, ladies and gentlemen. I'm believing the living Word of God. This is the Word of Almighty God. Amen? And He ever watches over this to perform it. So shout it out. The future, the future. is secure. Hallelujah. Five of us are real excited about this message. Well, it's just not working out the way I believed it should have worked out. You know, you haven't arrived. <laughs> well, it just not hasn't worked out the way I thought it. You haven't arrived. A couple of years to you is different than a couple of years to God. You thinking that the golden goose should have showed up the day after you decided that you were going to agree to God's plan and God's purpose? That's not how it works. There's a process. Everybody say process. 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 <laughs> Forgive me. I sounded a little more Texan there than... But I declare over you, you win. Amen. You say, man, you're coming up this aisle. This is the second or third week you've been coming up this aisle. I'm coming to the back row in the name of Jesus. So, 
Because I tell all of us are going to get this. Because your future is not on hold because God just wants to keep you on the perpetual (laughs) spinning wheel. There you go. Every time you spin around, you see the answer one more time. (laughs) This year, we're going to take it in the name. No, no. I said this year, we're going to take it. Before you step out of your closet with God, before you step out of the prayer room with God, you've already acquired the victory. You've already won the victory. You already know that Jehovah Rohi, Yahweh Rohi is already there with you. He's, I'm telling you, God was already at the battlefield before David ever. The same God that David worshipped in the backfield, amen, was the same God that was right there at the front line of the battle. And God knew what he was doing. Can you imagine But this is not part of my job description. I'm just the sign guy here. (laughs) No, you're not. You're going to be the grandparents of our grandchildren. Yes. So you just can't come in in the church of God and and just say, I'm just a sign guy. I can't take out Goliath. But David was part of the hospitality team. Oh, you didn't hear me. You think, well, I just serve coffee at the end of service. No, 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 no. If you're part of the hospitality team, that's exactly the same as what David was. Because David was on a mission. He took the guys a picnic. And the father was sneaky. He told him nothing about what would happen when he got there. He just says, take these sandwiches to your brothers. I mean, why do I get all the crappy jobs? (laughs) Forgive me, that was real Irish. I'm trying to be as Texan as Oklahoma as I possibly can this morning. But I get to feed the troops. I mean, who wants to feed the troops? I want to be in the middle of the action. So David shows up in the action, and all his time with the shepherd, all his time as a little shepherd boy, not being invited to the prophet's party. Nobody ever invites me. But there's an invitation coming to you. And it's not the invitation of a man. It's the requirement of the Father. Uh, You're not hearing me. One of these days, the church is about to stand up. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Hallelujah. Amen. The church is about to stand up. And everything that we have done this far is about to be activated and mobilized. Amen. And just when you think that nobody wanted you, the Father says, I have need of you. Ding dong. And you said, Pastor Paul, but I am 80 now. There you go with your excuses. So I'm praying through this with the Lord. I'm working through this, and the Lord brings me to Joshua 14. Let's read. Y'all glad you came? 
I'm nearly finished, praise the Lord. You'll be glad to know some of you be like, my God, hallelujah. See, some people in this room are watching this morning, you're not even thinking about fighting Goliath. You'd really like a sandwich. <laughs> you have no interest in uh, any of that. You just like, my Lord, I mean, I'm telling you, I've done the time. I did two hours, you know. I go to another church, I'll be out in 58 minutes. You go to Millennial, and if you're blessed, you'll be out in two hours. You go to another church, you have a, the first song's over in three minutes. You go to Millennial, they might make you sing the same song 15 minutes. And for all the ladies with heels, they make you stand so long on a slope. <laughs> this is where us guys are like so thankful we don't have to wear heels. Most of us. <laughs> Every man say, I thank God. I don't have to wear stiletto heels. There are the inheritances in the land of Canaan distributed to the Israelites by Eliezer, the priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers' houses of their tribes. Their inheritance was by lot. As the Lord commanded Moses for the nine and one-half tribes, for Moses had given an inheritance to the two and one-half tribes beyond the Jordan, but to the Levites he gave no inheritance among them. For the people of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh, Ephraim, and no part was given in the land to the Levites except cities in which to live with their pasture lands for their livestock and their possessions. This is still pretty good. And as the Lord commanded Moses, so the Israelites did, and they divided the land. And then the people of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jepunah, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know, you can hear people say that, you know, you know, especially if you're from Minnesota, you know. Sure. You know, what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning me and you in Kadesh Barnea. This is amazing. I want you to underline that or highlight that. Because they're doing exactly what Paul told Timothy. They're bringing that word of the Lord. He says, you know, what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, maybe if the worship team can come back, please, I'm getting ready to close this out. What the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning me and you in Kadesh Barnea, 40 years old was I, when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent to me from Kadesh Barnea. It is a well-known, documented truth that the 40 age group is like a crossing over. There's something very significant about 40. How many people would acknowledge that? That's not my message, but it is. And he said, you know, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to scout out the land, and I brought him a report as it was in my heart. But my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt. Now, this is very, very important because for me and Jeremy to walk together for the next 30 years, we're both going to have to stay in faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. 
we're both going to have to remember what the Lord said. Because what the Lord said will be challenged by years of possibly unanswered or unreceived fulfillment of premise. How many people is receiving this? You see, the church is not the casino. Where we think because we show up and do what we do that we should receive. Like I can tell you, maybe some of you did, like that, that 1.3 billion jackpot last week. I'm sure maybe at least one of you was tempted. I'll try this side over here. I mean, <laughs> tempted. Not one bit of me was tempted. But that's up to everybody. But if you do win it, please tithe. <laughs> and give a massive offering. And I will pronounce forgiveness of your life. And we will forget all about it, that it ever happened. But the key word here is brethren. These were not strangers. This is covenant. But my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt. My brother and sister, you must never, ever, ever touch negatively what God has done. Because his promise must come to pass. And I remember as I was preparing for this service this morning, the Lord reminded me in Acts chapter 5, told me this years and years and years ago, I was under tremendous persecution for daring to believe, for daring not to use Saul's armor, for daring to stand against the system. And the Lord spoke to me, and he spoke to me the way Gamaliel spoke to the Sanhedrin. And Gamaliel said to the Sanhedrin, you need to leave these people alone. Because you may find yourself not coming against man, but coming against Almighty God himself. And you can chart it through Scripture. You can chart it through Scripture. The whole thing, it answers itself. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you think you're right, do not come against another brother. Right. I prayed through last year, Isaiah 11 spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, the reverential fear of the Lord. I know, I know I'm real radical. I, I, and, and you do me the blessing of coming to listen every, every service. And I'm grateful for it. It's, it's much more fun together. Amen. Be kind of random this morning. We coming out here and nobody here and me just preaching anyway. But there was that little verse that was slipped in there and in Isaiah 11, and it was this, that he, he judged neither by the hearing of the ear 
or the sight of the eye. I said, man, I said, that's a tight one. Because I, even myself, I said, but Lord, I know things about things. And the Lord would continually say to me, but you are not there, God. You are not there, judge. Stay your hand. And let me do what I do. Let your hand and receive this today. Caleb at this stage was over 80 years old and he had the audacity to say, you remember, we were promised. I've held this promise all these years. And I'm here to collect. And now that this whole thing is sorted, that mountain is mine. But it wasn't seven years after they got a revelation. It wasn't three years in, serving the Lord. Forty-something years. They had to wait for the overturn of things because of decisions that brothers made. That's it, that's it. This is why we have to walk in forgiveness. This is why we have to keep short accounts. Because it maybe wasn't you that kept you out of the fullness of what God has for you. Maybe it was someone else's. The majority's determination. Maybe you were supposed to get the job, but you know the panel? They told you you were getting it, and then when they all got together, then they made a decision, no, sorry, we gave it to someone else. But you know what? God will never be in your debt. Pray in the Spirit with me right now. He'll never be. Whew, I sense the presence of the Lord so strong. God moves you to Tulsa to be part of Millennial, and, and you're thinking after six months that you should be seeing something at least by now, at least a, an ear of the corn. I, I should try 40 years. But we live in America, a microwave world, and we don't want to spend the time. Oh, Pastor, go easy on me. I'm loving you as best I can. I'm just trying to help somebody because you know what? If it doesn't happen tonight by midnight, God, I'm telling you, I'm coming after you. You promised me. I got on a plane. In two weeks, I had a visa. Took my family. Head spinning. Had to speak to a mother who we built an apartment on the back of our house. Sold her home. Built on the back of ours. Had to speak to my mother that was going to live with us the rest of her life on our land. Had to bring her in and say, it's not going to be that way. God's moving us to America. What my mother do? I believe it's God. I'll never stop you and I'll never get in your way.
I want you to receive this. Because this year we're going to see some fulfillments of promise. And you must never forget that brothers were born for adversity. And because Joshua and Caleb held it, even at 80, even at 85, look what it says, and then we're going home. But my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of the people. Look at this. And Moses swore on that day, surely the land in which your feet have walked shall be an inheritance to your children and your children's always, because you've wholly followed the Lord, my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Look at this. Listen. <clears throat> and I, the, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said these 45 years, since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. Now, verse 11 is so powerful. Look what he says now. Yet I am as strong today. Yes. <sighs> it's not over. And I declare that over Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's not over. It's just getting started. Yet I am as strong today yes. as I was the day Moses sent me. That's it, that's it. As my strength was then, so is my strength now. Amen. For war yeah, yeah. and to go out yes. and to come in. Yes. Yes. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you're going to make it every step of the way. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. You're going to make it. I don't care how you feel. You say, Pastor, please be pastoral. I don't care how you feel. God has given you a pastor that's going to constantly stand and declare over you, you're going to make it, honey. You're going to make it every step of the way. God didn't bring you to Tulsa, Oklahoma, so that you could just add up with a tombstone on the top of your head. God brought you here because there's a move of God that is coming. There's a mountain to take. That water tastes good. I'd love a drink of it. No, I'm playing with it. And this is the word of the Lord. Verse 12 says, So now give me this hell of which the Lord spoke that day. For you heard then. And then Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. I declare over you, it's time to take the land. It's time to take your mountain. And you have patience. Patience for it all. What's the hurry? Why are you always on a rush? Just like your faith was to those that are older 40 years ago. Can I ask you, how's your faith today? 
because according to scripture the strength that Caleb had at 40 was the strength he had at 85 I receive this in the name of Jesus come on let's just worship the Lord come on just worship him This pastor served the Lord for 30 years and found himself a millennial during COVID because we prayed for people. And I tell you, we're in agreement with this pastor and his wife that he's coming out of this chair. I said, we're in agreement. He's coming out of that chair because he's not going to serve the Lord strong for 30 years, then have a stroke and not have the same same strength to finish out his course. And I declare this over you, Pastor, in the name of Jesus, that you will see the fulfillment of the promise of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, whatever way this has to be done, you're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and you're going to live out length of days. Come on, give the Lord praise and honor and glory. This is what this is all about. I believe, therefore I speak. Having the same spirit of faith, God brings us together so that we can stand. Not getting, you know, tired after 10 years saying, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know how long this is going to take. But I'm telling you, it's more within our grasp than what it's ever been. I can sense it. I can feel it. I can smell it. In the name of Jesus, Cindy Jacobs comes to this time over the last couple of days and said, I'm telling you, Tulsa is on the map. I want you to shout it out. Tulsa is on the map. And God's plan for this city has never changed. And what God said to me and to others all those years ago has never changed. It has worked a little differently than what I thought that it would. But his promises are yes, and they are amen. And if we, as the people that God is bringing and growing and assembling and gathering together, can run the race, stay together, and be brethren in unity, the blessing is surely raining down upon us. And we will receive the mountain of promise. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Yeah. Stand your feet and bless the Lord this morning. All over the room, just open your voices. Open your hearts. Open your hearts. Open your hearts. Release your voices. Release your thanks. Release your praise. Come on, God promised David. And God is promising you. And not one word will fall to the ground and die. God is invincible. <laughs>